So we'll be there in, in a minute. Um, the song we just sang, the last song we just sang, uh, you know, it, acts, it asks a very thought-provoking question, doesn't it? I wonder, have I done my best for Jesus? And, uh, you know, sometimes we, we view the Christian life as a, as a struggle, don't we? We view the Christian life as, uh, how many of you will be honest and say, you know, sometimes it's like the Christian life is kind of a little bit like a boxing match. Yeah, just a little bit. I don't know how many of you watch boxing or watch, uh, you know, mixed martial arts or anything. I don't watch a ton of it. But, um, okay, in, in boxing, you got 12 rounds, okay? Typically, you got 12 rounds, and they're three minutes long, if it goes that long. Okay, that's, that's the extent of it, okay, unless there's a knockout in the previous rounds. And uh, I, was, I was curious, and I decided to look up what the, the Guinness World Record, the longest boxing, ma- boxing match was in history. And the longest recorded fight was between... Andy Bowen of New Orleans and Jack Burke um, at New Orleans, Louisiana on April 6th, 1893. And this fight lasted 110 rounds, which came out to seven hours and and almost 20 minutes, seven hours, 19 minutes. And uh, the funny thing about this, I kept reading, at the end of the fight, it was declared a no contest, which is basically a draw. So I, I guess after almost eight hours of fighting, they couldn't figure out who won, and maybe that's why, because it lasted too long. I don't know. But the rules since changed, obviously, after that, and they limited uh, you know, the fights, and they um, came up with some new rules and stuff. But I was just shocked. You know, Seven hours, eight hours is a long time. And boxing is a very um, draining sport. I don't know if you've ever you know, hit a bag or anything like that. Boxing is a very draining sport. But you know, God's design for our Christian life is not that it be a boxing match. God's design for our Christian lives, um, God has made us conquerors. God has made us victors. You know, we can enter each situation that we face in our Christian lives a victor. Knowing that, going into it and coming out a victor, that's an incredible thought. So the question then I have for us tonight is, why do we live defeated? Why, why do we struggle in our lives? Why do we have these besetting sins? Why do we uh, struggle um, to live defeated? The Apostle Paul asks uh, this question in Romans 6. And uh, let's see, my Bible put it under here. Romans chapter number 6. And I was studying this just a few weeks ago. And this I've never seen this um, the way that the Lord showed it to me. In Romans chapter number 6, we're going to begin reading in verse number 1. The Bible says, What shall we say then? Shall we continue in sin that grace may abound? God forbid. How shall we that are dead to sin live any longer therein. So my question for us tonight is, is how shall we continue to live in sin? How? Why? Why, why does it happen in our lives? Why? How, do, how, how do we live defeated? How does that happen in our lives? You know, I think many times, you know, I think, you know, this is the Sunday night crowd, so that means most of us are pretty consistent coming to church, right? So most of us understand truth, right? We've heard truth for most of our lives, right? We, we spend time somewhat, you know, in God's Word, and, and we strive to understand truth and to do what's right. And yet, we still live like our Christian lives as a boxing match, right? We live up and down, don't we? We, we have uh, struggles in our lives, and, and, we, and we find ourselves living defeated in different areas of our lives. And so the question I want to ask this tonight is, how do we continue to live in sin? How? How is it possible? There are three reasons, I believe, looking at this passage in Romans 6, that we uh, continue to live in sin because of these three things. And uh, I'm going to pray before we get in, and then we'll talk about this. Lord, we just want to bring before you, Lord, 
um, this message, Lord. I pray that you would just give me the words to speak. God, that you would work in hearts. And God, that your truth would go forth in power. Lord, we need you. In your name, amen. Look at verse number three. Before I do that, the first reason is we continue to live in sin because we are ignorant of the truth or because we reject the truth. We are ignorant of the truth or because we reject the truth. Look at verse number three. It says, Know ye not that so many of us as were baptized into Jesus Christ were baptized into his death. Therefore we are buried with him by baptism into death, that like as Christ was raised up from the dead by the glory of the Father, even so we also should walk in newness of life. See, there's a couple things we need to realize here. First of all, we need to understand that the truth is that Christ, excuse me, that we are in Christ. That's the first truth, right? We see that in verse number three. It says, no, understand this. Know ye not that so many of us as were baptized into Jesus Christ were baptized into his death. You, as a believer, are in Christ. That's where you are positionally. If you are saved here today, you are in Christ. But understand, secondly, that Christ is in you. Go to verse number six. It says, knowing this, again, knowing this, that our old man is crucified with him, that the body of sin might be destroyed, that henceforth we should not serve sin. Christ is in you. So you are in Christ, and Christ is in you. When you were saved, Christ gave you, infused in you, part of his spiritual DNA, which is incredible. Right? So all that Christ has, right, and in his righteousness and, his, and, and all that he has access to, we have access to now. It's an incredible thought. Christ is in us. We are in him. But then know, thirdly, that we are dead to sin. Look at verse number 9. Again, we have that phrase, knowing, right? Knowing that Christ being raised from the dead dieth no more, death hath no more dominion in, uh, uh, over him. Okay, so if, if death, if sin, if this doesn't have dominion over Christ... And if Christ is in us and we are in Christ, then we are free from sin, aren't we? Right? Uh, death, sin does not have dominion over Christ, so it doesn't have in our lives. See, when Christ died, he conquered sin, death, and hell. And we have, uh, those of us who are believers that have accepted Jesus Christ as our personal Lord and Savior, we have a new identity, and that is his child. But that also means we have a new master, right? Sin was our old master. But now Jesus Christ is our new master. And he enables us to live the Christian life. We are new creatures. 2 Corinthians 5, verse number 17 says, Old things are, are passed away. Behold, all things are become new. I'm paraphrasing. But old things are passed away. We, we put on a new body, right, when we become saved. Just like Jesus has conquered that sin, death, and hell, so we have access to that same victory in our lives. The devil, however... This is where it gets tricky, right? The devil, however, will keep us, will do everything in his power from keeping us from knowing the truth in God's word. You know, I think sometimes we, we look at those heroes of the faith, right? We look at those D.L. Moody's and we look at those uh, George Mueller's and, and we, we look at their lives and honestly, they, they, they had, many of them came from nowhere, <laughs> You know, many of them came from the slums, right? They came from uh, no kind of status whatsoever. And then there, there are those like C.T. Studd who came from royalty, essentially. Okay? He had everything offered to him, and he, and he chose to reject it to follow Christ. And we look at people like that, and we think, man, there is just something different, right? How did they uh, attain that level of spirituality? How did they attain what they attained in their lives? We look at the Apostle Paul and all that God did in his life, and I think it's very easy to just write it off and be like, well, they knew something that I didn't know, right? 
or they, or they just were physically different. Or they must have understood something that I didn't understand. The, the difference between superhero Christians, as we want to call them, and you know, the rest of us, you know, regular Joe Christians, the difference between us and them is that they, they understood the truth. They understood the Bible, but then secondly, they believed it. They chose to believe it. And, and there's many times in our lives where I think we just simply choose to reject truth. And sometimes we don't understand it fully, but there's many times where we just choose. We, we, know what, we know what to do, but we choose to not do it. The Apostle Paul uh, lays out this struggle in, in chapter number 7 of Romans, and he goes, and uh, let's see here, if you want to turn there, um, near the end of the chapter, um, in verse number 15 of chapter number 7, he says, For that which I do, I allow not. For what I would, that do I not. But what I hate, that do I. Right? And, and, and he, he goes through this whole struggle, and he's saying, I, I, don't, I don't necessarily want to do what's wrong, but I have this struggle. And, and it's in my flesh. And, and so many times we, we understand what truth is. Right? We understand what is, what is right and what is wrong. And yet we choose to reject truth. And... Um, and so my first point is, right, we continue to live in sin because we either don't understand truth or because we choose to reject it. And that, that in turn, uh, uh, is, is a stronghold in our life. Okay, and secondly, we continue to live in sin by choosing to give in to our flesh. We continue to live in sin when we choose to give in to our flesh. Turn over to Romans 6 again. We're going to continue reading. Verse number 12 says, let not sin, therefore, reign in your mortal body, that you should obey it in the lust thereof. Neither yield ye your members as instruments of unrighteousness unto sin, but yield yourselves unto God as those that are alive from the dead, and your members as instruments of, of righteousness unto God. The, the phrase there is let not, or, or, or don't allow, right? Neither yield ye your members. See, the fact of the matter is, is we have a choice. Every time we sin, it's because we're, 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 we're making a choice to sin. And, you know, even if we're, if we're you know, if, if that choice and we, we think about it, you know, many times it, it's hidden behind, you know, our justifications of why we did what we did. And, well, that person made me do it or this, that, and the other. And when we, when we go down to the root of it, it's because we chose to do that. Right? We allowed our flesh to have control in our lives. And because of that, we yielded ourselves to that sin. And see, I think some of us are struggling with sin tonight. And I feel like, you know, and even, you know, I could look at my own life and I feel like there are things in our lives that we struggle with. You know, some of us, we have, we have problems with anger, right? So some of us have, have problems, you know, some of us young people, and we have problems honoring our parents, right? Some of us have bitterness, right? Deep-rooted bitterness in our lives, and, and that shouldn't be so. The Bible talks about bitterness. If you turn over, actually, you, yeah, let's turn over there. Hebrews chapter number 12, just really quick here. Hebrews 12. Verse number 15. Well, we'll begin reading in verse number 14. Hebrews 12, 14. says, Follow peace with all men in holiness, without which no man shall see the Lord, looking diligently, lest any man fail of the grace of God, lest any root of bitterness springing up trouble you, and thereby many be defiled. The fact of the matter is, is we have control over our mind. We have control over that, and what we do is we allow other people to steal our joy from us. We allow other people to take that, that joy and that, and that um, right? We, we allow them to uh, take that from us, and, and what we do is that we then give 
into these fleshly responses that limit God through unbelief. And, and what it's saying here is, is take uh, looking diligently, right? That's, that's, the idea is, is you have control of this. You want to beware. You want to be careful. You want to watch because um, the root of bitterness will spring up and it will defile others. It will defile you. And so the fact of the matter is, is we continue to live in sin because we choose to give in to our flesh. We choose to yield ourselves. We choose to allow that sin to have rule in our, in our life. And, um, and that, again, that shouldn't be, that is a stronghold in our life. So first of all, um, we, choo- we continue to live in sin because we are ignorant of or because we reject truth. Second of all, we continue to live in sin because we choose to give in to our flesh. We choose to give in to our flesh. And then thirdly, we continue to live in sin because we become enslaved to it. Finally, we, we become enslaved to that. We continue to look. If we go back over to Romans chapter number 6, we turn back over. We follow down through the chapter. We get to verse number 16. And it says, Know ye not that to whom ye yield yourselves servants to obey, his servants... Ye are to whom ye obey, whether of sin unto death or of obedience unto righteousness. But God be thanked that ye are the servants of sin, but ye have obeyed from the heart that form of doctrine which was delivered unto you. Being then made free from sin, ye became the servants of righteousness. See, the truth of the matter is, is what we sow, we will reap. If we continue to dwell in sin and partake in sin, it will eventually come back to us. We see this in the Bible. Uh, Proverbs 6, 27, the Bible says, Can a man take fire in his bosom and his clothes not be burned? Romans 1, if we turn over there really quick, um, Romans 1, just a few pages here, we find um, the depravity of man. And in verse number 20 of Romans chapter number 1, it says, For the invisible things of him from the creation of the world are, are clearly seen, being understood by the things that are made, even his eternal power and Godhead, so that they are without excuse. Keep reading, it says, Because that when they knew God, they glorified him not as God, neither were thankful, but became vain in their imaginations, and their foolish heart was darkened. Verse number 23, And changed the glory of the corruptible God into an image made like corruptible man, and birds, and four-footed beasts, and creeping things. Verse number 24 says, Wherefore God also gave them up to the uncleanness through the lust of their own hearts, to, to dishonor their own bodies uh, between themselves. And the idea is that God eventually turns them over to themselves, right? Turns them over to, to their flesh, turns them over to the enemy. And, and, and essentially, when we continue to sin, what we sow, we reap. James 1, an incredible passage. Uh, we don't need to necessarily turn there. I'm, I have, um, I'll, I'll go ahead and read it from up here. But it's James 1, verse number 13. says, Let no man say when he's tempted, I am tempted of God, for God cannot be tempted with evil, neither tempteth he any man. But every man is tempted when he is drawn away of his own lusts and enticed. Then when lust hath conceived, it bringeth forth sin. And sin, when it is finished, bringeth forth death. Sin always, always, always will result in death in your life. And that may not be a physical death. Many times it's really, it's not necessarily physical death. Um, but spiritual death. You know, when was the last time, when was the last time you saw someone saved, right? When was the last time you saw fruit that, that was produced in your own life? See, sin will keep us from that. Sin will result in death in our lives. Romans chapter number 6. Turn back over. We follow on. 
In verse number 23, it says, For the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. You know, what I find is interesting, and, and I don't want to discredit um, th- this verse as a, as a verse that we use in salvation. And, and honestly, I think of the, the few folks that the Lord has allowed me to, to, to see um, saved. And uh, th- this has always been a, a verse I've used. But, 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 you know, the book of Romans wasn't written to unsaved folks. Right? The book of Romans is actually written to Christians. And so when, when we read a verse like this, we have to realize this isn't just talking about, about those who are unsaved. This is talking about those who are saved, right? The wages of sin is death. How, how many of y'all work a job? Okay, that's going to that's be most of us in here, right? Okay, we understand what a wage is, right? We understand how wages work. Okay, you go into your job. Um, they, they hire you, they say, hey, listen, you're going to get paid every two weeks, whatever it is. Sometimes it's, you know, it, it just varies, obviously. You know, maybe you sign a contract, whatever. You work there after your first two weeks, whatever, you expect a paycheck, don't you? Right? You should, okay? And uh, let's say they don't give you a paycheck, okay? So then you go in and you're like, hey, like, is there an issue here? Like, what's going on? I didn't receive my money. And they're like, well, you know, you'll, you'll get it later, whatever. And they kind of blow you off. And another two weeks goes by, right? You work another two weeks. The same thing. After a while, that's going, to be, that's going to kind of be concerning, right? It should be concerning, right? You signed a contract, and you're expecting them to give you your earnings, right? Your wage. Okay, this is the same thing. And, and honestly, I use this illustration when, I, when I'm talking on save folks. It's the same way. Um, when we commit sin, <laughs> we are signing a contract that our wages will be death. And, you know, if we're not saved, obviously that death will result in death and hell, right? But those of us who are saved, we, we still choose to sin, don't we? We still choose to reject the truth that we know in God's word. And, and what the Bible is saying is, is don't, be, don't be fooled. The, the wages of sin is death. When you commit sin, you earn to yourself death in your life. And I don't want to stress it more than it needs to be. I don't know what that will look like. But it's, it's here in the Bible, so there will be a point in time in our life where our bill will come due, right? Where the punishment of God will come in our lives. Proverbs 6, verse number 15 says, Therefore shall his calamity come suddenly. Suddenly shall he be broken without remedy. And it's in reference to the froward man. Genesis 18:25 says, That be far from thee to do after this manner to slay the righteousness with the wicked, and that the righteousness should be as the wicked. That be far from thee. And then he says, Shall not the judge of all the earth do right? Again, this is in context of Moses and, I believe, uh, the, city, the city of Sodom. And I think he's going to the Lord uh, for that. But he says, shall not the judge of all the earth do right? He's talking about God. God is the judge of all the earth. And, uh, and he, will, and he um, is only just for him to punish sin, isn't it? <clears throat> in order to trap and to kill wolves, the Native Americans use what is called the blood knife. And uh, I apologize in, in advance if you struggle with blood or anything like that. I'll try not to be too descriptive. Um, but they try to, they try to uh, take a, a blood-soaked knife and they stick it in a block of ice with the blade showing, right? The blade showing up. And so the wolves, they instinctively are drawn to the smell of blood. And as bloodthirsty animals, they begin to lick that blade. Okay, they begin to lick that blade. And uh, they, you know, they're believing like, oh, hey, this tastes good. Hey, this is good. This is nourishing. This is a good meal here. And uh, in a frenzy, you know, they're, they're, they begin licking this knife. And what it does eventually, right, is it begins to melt. And then they hit the actual blade. 
and then it begins to cut their tongue. And so what, they, what ends up happening is these, the, these wolves are now numb because of the cold, right? They're numb to the, anything in their, the, you know, the feeling in their tongue. And so they're licking this knife, and pretty soon their, their tongue is just, you know, it, it's, it's cut up. And pretty soon, and they don't realize it, they begin to partake of their own blood. And after a while of this happening, and this could go on for as long as, you know, as for as much blood as the wolf has, and in, and in the end, what happens? The, the wolf ends up dying from a loss of blood. And, and, it, and it's an interesting story. You know, the, the wolf is such a, a, really an incredible creature. And they're really difficult to trap. But they figured out that if we could get it to, um, if we could tempt it with this, 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 this smell of blood, right, to a point where it would come and we could trap it that way and it would eventually kill itself because of its thirst for blood. And, and yet sin is the same way in our lives, isn't it? When we partake in sin, when, when we fool ourselves into thinking, well, you know, I know what God's word says, but I, again, I'm going to choose to reject that. I'm going to choose to not believe that God promises to satisfy my needs, that God promises his grace, that it's sufficient in my life. We choose to reject that. Or maybe we just simply aren't aware, but I, I think many times we choose to reject that. And we partake in that. And it begins to affect us in an, in an actual, literal way. Look at verse number 23 real quick, though. I want to leave us on a good note here. The end of the verse says, But the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. You know, God wants to free us. God wants to give us victory. So choose life tonight. Choose life. First of all, choose to know truth. Choose to understand it. Choose to not be ignorant. Choose to accept it. Choose to believe truth in your life. You are in Christ. Christ is in you. You are a new creature. You do not have to sin. Right? Sin and death. Sin, sin does not have dominion over you. Right? You are free from sin. And then secondly, choose to yield your members unto Christ. Right? Instead of yielding your members unto sin, and that's the admonition, uh, I believe, in verse number 14 or 13, yield your members not as instruments uh, of unrighteousness, but... Uh, yield yourselves unto God as instruments of righteousness. Godliness is intentional. Verse, and, then, and then thirdly, choose to let God free you tonight. You have the very righteousness of God in you. You have that access to all that Christ is. And you, um, you, have, your, you have his Holy Spirit living inside of you to enable you, to help you. The Bible says in Galatians 5.16, This I say, then walk in the Spirit, and ye shall not fulfill the lust of the flesh. Again, God wants us to be victorious, but there is, a, there is a process, right? There is a method for that to take place. And so let's not live ignorant. Let's not live uh, rejecting truth. Let's, let's not choose to yield ourselves unto sin. Let's not choose to continue in sin and to enslave ourselves in that sin. One last verse I want to end with. Turn to the book of Jude. Turn to the book of Jude. Second to last book in the Bible, if you need help. Not a lot is... <laughs> I've not heard of myself a lot of messages from the book of Jude, but I'll be honest with you. Um, one of the last verses in the book is one of the most powerful verses I've ever read. Jude, verse number 24 says... Now unto him that is able to keep you from falling and to present you faultless before the, um, before the presence of his glory with exceeding joy. 
God's for us. God wants us to succeed, and He is able to do that. And, you know, maybe, I don't know where you're at tonight. Maybe, you, maybe as I've been preaching, maybe God's touched your heart. Maybe he's, you know, maybe there's an issue in your life where you find yourself failing. You find yourself defeated. Right? The, Hebrews 12 talks about our besetting sins. Okay? And I don't know where you're at. But God wants to deliver you from that. And he is able. And uh, if we choose, again, I'm going to reiterate it. If we choose to not be ignorant, if we choose to accept truth, to believe it, that we're in Christ, Christ is in us, and we have that grace that we need to conquer our sin. If we choose to not yield ourselves unto sin, right? We choose to not give in. We, we can make that choice. We choose to yield ourselves as instruments of righteousness unto God. And we choose life, right? We choose to not be enslaved to our sins. God, God, God promises uh, that he'll be with us and that he'll give us that victory. And so I, I wanted to encourage you tonight. Um, it's been a burden on my heart and just um, wanting to really attain um, you know, just to attain a higher level, I guess, of consistent, maybe consistent victory in my life. And uh, this is something God's been working in my life. So let's have every head bowed, every eye closed.